You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Probably too often about the favorites, but uh, can you turn in your Bibles, please? Acts, book of Acts, chapter 3. Go to Acts, chapter 3. I have an interesting or eye-catching title to the sermon. That is, the church has left the building. The church has left the building. I also have quite a a lengthy um, introduction, so uh, I'll be be coming to other verses. I'll be coming to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 3 is where I want you to sit at, and then um, just, just follow me. And we'll go on this journey together. But uh, the book of Acts is the acts of the apostles, the actions, the acts of the apostles. And this is the book, the story of how the global church that we know today, uh, how it began, how it, how it launched, how it, how it really started. Uh, it, it, this is like the beginning of the New Testament church, really. Now, uh, now the church, uh, I believe, I do believe that the church began with Jesus Christ, but then in Acts, it was re- received power and things like that, so I just don't want any confusion. But um, yes, in the book of Acts, we really learn, people really learn for the first time in history that we do not go to church, that we are the church. And, and, and uh, that was just a lot of confusion. <laughs> that, and I, I don't really blame them. That's just a lot of What? We don't go to church. We are the church. Okay. 1 Corinthians 3.16. 1 Corinthians 3.16. It says, know you not. Do you like that picture? Know you not. Don't you know that you are the temple of God? And that in the spirit of God, and that the spirit of God, it, it dwells within you? Don't you know that? And, and so God has to, and, and, and Paul has to, and the writer of Acts has to explain quite a lot how, what do you mean? I, I, we go to the temple. That was for hundreds, if not thousands, it, excuse me, it was for thousands of years. Thousands of years. We go to the temple. Everybody knows that. And in this temple where we go, um, in the back of the temple, there's a room. It's called the Holy of Holies. The only person allowed to walk into that room is the high priest. And the high priest uh, uh, forgives our sins in that room. And in that room is really the presence of God. Uh, God meets with people in the room of the Holy of Holies, which is inside the temple. It's a back room in the temple. That's, that's you know, everybody knows that. And then in Acts, uh, when, when everything just changed, he says, all right, now you are the church. You are the temple. What? You are the church. You are the temple. I don't have to go anywhere. <clears throat> I don't have to go anywhere. You'll be hearing some voice cracks. I don't have to go anywhere in order to, to worship God. Uh, I am, I, you know, now I am the temple. What? That's crazy. But... Uh, so in Acts, we are reading the actions. Once again, we're reading the actions of the church. When Jesus said his last statement, Matthew 28, 19, he says, now that you're the church, because I want you to see that third word, therefore. See the third word on the TV? 
Therefore, now that you're the church, now that you have my spirit, therefore, go, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. You have my spirit. You are my church. Now go and change the world. Now go. That was the, that's the great commission, which is Matthew 28, 19. You have my church. You are my people. Go. Do you, I know I'm pretty tired myself. But in, <laughs> in Acts chapter 2, to, so again, now let me give you some context of where we are in Acts. What's happening? Acts chapter 2 is instructions of what, what is the church when we come to the building? What is the church? What is the church and, and how do we function when we are in the building? So I have a list of about five things, Christian, that, that says in the church we are supposed to uh, do this. To be the church when we're at the building, in the building, we need to show up. We need to group, we need to uh, group, fellowship, be together. We need to pray, we need to give, we need to serve, and we should invite. Now, I, uh, again, this is an introduction, and, and I could preach on all of those points, but show up is not only just fill a pew, fill a seat. Uh, I, one of my friends that are here, Brother Ralph, uh, he's spoken of sometimes we go to church and we check that box. I mean, I'm here, I made it. What else do I need to do? You know, it, it's not just show up, but it's, it's way more than that. I, I think a good question this morning that we should ask ourselves is, why did I come here this morning, and what am I here to accomplish? What, why, you know, and that's kind of a weird thing to come from a preacher. Why'd you come to church today? You know, that, that's kind of a, you know, it's not something that preachers say. But sometimes I ask myself that question. What am I going to church today for? And then I remind myself, oh, yeah, here's what I'm here to accomplish. And number one in my heart and in my mind is the worship of God. Number one is worship. And then number two, number three, and number four, you know, I got choir practice. I got to, you know, print this, <coughs> print, excuse me, print this out. I got to do this thing and that and the other. Um, why am I coming to church? Well, I'm going to group with my family, group with my friends. Uh, I call you guys my family because you are. Uh, I'm going to group, I'm going to get together, I'm going to fellowship, I'm going to hang out with y'all. Uh, we're going to pray, we're going to give, we, we, we give when we worship, and we, we serve, we serve each other when we're here at the building, and we invite. Wonderful. So to be a church in the building, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, be the church in the building. Now I don't want you to look at this list and say, well, you know, Ryan, you're just lucky I came here this morning. By the way, I understand you. I'm, 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 I'm there. I'm there. I understand you. I, I mean, I, I can admit not every single Sunday out of the entire year do I want to come to church. I mean, I, I'm a human being. I can admit that. Sometimes my bed is just a little bit too comfortable. And sometimes uh, Abby trying to, like, babe, we got to leave in like five minutes. And I'm like, okay, I'll be right there. But, uh... <laughs> But um, if we get a little bit uncomfortable, and we not only come to church, but we be the church, you will start to experience a purpose that comes with being a part of changing eternal lives. Can I say that again? When we come to church, 
And we think to ourselves, I'm here with a purpose. I'm here with a plan. I'm here to accomplish the worship of God. I'm here to do something. Your life will begin to find purpose. You will begin to have purpose. And you will see that there is purpose when we are doing the work of helping and changing people's lives. And in doing that, changing the world. In just doing that. God wants us to have this abundant life, not just a life, but an abundant life. And he knows that in order to have this abundant life or, or purpose, uh, that coming to church, being the church, is definitely a part of that. If you are showing up today to church and you're watching online, I have a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of friends that watch online. I thank you that you're here. I thank you that you came today. It's a cloudy day. I, I thought to myself, I'm like, man, it's kind of cloudy. It's kind of rainy. Like, church would be a little bit more comfortable on the couch. Sometimes I miss 2020. <laughs> Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you miss 2020, and you're like, I don't feel guilty for not coming to church because church is closed and <laughs> things like that. But, okay, but, um, excuse me. Thank you for being here today. But... As, as, again, this is still an introduction. God has more for you than to just coming, than, than, to, than to sitting. That God has more of a purpose for you than to just coming to church. God wants you to be his church. We can, we can again, we can mark off our box, or spiritual box, say, look what we did. We can come here because our spouse would get angry if we didn't, so here I am. And we can come here if, if, well, mom and dad brought me. And we can come here if, and this is for every age, every child that can hear me. I wonder, what do you come to church? What is your purpose? You think, what is my purpose? What am I doing here? Well, mom and dad brought me. Okay, now what's my purpose for being here? What am I going to do here? What am I going to accomplish? I want you to know that God has more for you than just coming to church, checking off our box, and things like that. So I don't want you to look at this as a to-do list. It's more of an opportunity list. This is not a to-do list. This is not a, well, you know, you're just, again, you're just lucky I came here. I, honestly, I, I don't even want to be here. You're just lucky I'm here. Not, not a to-do list, not a spiritual checklist, not a I'm going to be more holy and be more good. This is more of an opportunity list. An opportunity to be God's church. An opportunity to be the church. This is, this is how I want you to feel it. And this feeling of purpose and joy is what this will bring. This feeling of purpose and joy and being a, a community and being coming together and sharing with people. You know, I don't share this with anybody, but, you know, I, gotta, I, I need help. I need prayer. I need something. Coming to church, it, it does that. It is, more, it is more profitable than coming and sitting. That's all I'm trying to say. So Acts chapter 2 shows us, how, this is how you be the church when you come together. Acts chapter 3, that's where we are, shows us how to be the church when we leave. This is how you be the church when you come together. Acts 2, Acts chapter 3, this is how I want you to be the church when you leave. Well, we know that we have to leave today. Today, today I want to teach how to leave the church. 
I almost had that as a, as a title, but I thought that was a little bit too risky. How to leave the church. That, uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. If you don't leave, you won't change the world. If you don't leave, if you don't spread, if you don't share what we have, we will not change the world. We are here for three hours out of the week, if, assuming if you attend uh, Connection Group, if you attend this 11 a.m. service, and if you attend on Wednesday night, we are here for three hours out of the week, but we are supposed to be the church all hours of the week. We come to church three hours of the week. We are the church at all hours of the week. See, so you can, you can say to yourself, I'm trying to make things simple. This is a water bottle. It's a water bottle at church. It's a water bottle at my house. It's a water bottle in the office. It's a water bottle at gym. It's, it's a water bottle uh, in my car, and it's a water bottle everywhere I go. God says to us today, you are my church. You are my church in the church building. You are my church in your office. You are my church when you're at the gym. You are my church when you are at home. You are my church everywhere you go. That's what it says. That's what it says. You are the church everywhere. So, with the sermon title again, I want to teach you how to leave the building today. The church has left the building. The church, at about <laughs> a little afternoon, in about 30 minutes, the church is going to leave the building. And I want to equip you and, and the Holy Spirit strengthen you with some things, some ideas, in order to do that. Acts 13.47, I'm almost to Acts chapter 3, my, the, the long introduction's done. I was reading through my notes, and I'm like, oh man, my introduction's two, like two pages. Yikes. Anyway, Acts 13.47, the Bible says, for, he, for so the Lord commanded us, so us is church. The Lord has commanded us, saying, I have sent thee to be a light to the Gentiles that thou shouldst be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. I have sent you. You know, in, in order to put it simply, you are God's plan. And I wonder if, you, if you want, you're like, what does that mean? You are God's plan. I can go person to person in this room. I, I know where some people work, I know, and I don't know where some people work. But I know... Uh, uh, my sister, Miss Doria, she works at the hospital. And I can say, Miss Doria, you are God's plan at the hospital to spread his message, to spread his word. I can tell uh, Evan going to college. Evan, when it comes to God's plan, you are God's plan. You are the church when you go to the college that you're going to. And I can go person by person. Uh, the Hedquist family works at an, at an eye, uh, eye or, or, or I want to say orthodontist, ortho, optometrist. Thank you. They are the church. They are the church when they are there. And, and, and I can go person by person and maybe fail on where some of you work or something like I just did. But we are the church. We are the light, as the verse says. We are the person, we are God's plan in order to reach runnings. We are God's plan. We are, we are supposed to do what we're supposed to do because we are the church. Okay, and then you can go back to Matthew and, and read the Great Commission. Go 
Teach them, baptize them, which is next week. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, go, because you're my church. And let me tell you this morning that you are God's plan for everywhere you go. You have been customized by your creator. So I, I wrote down this in my notes because I, I know, I always try and put myself into the audience. And you think, if I'm God's plan at my school, at my office, at my job, God should find someone else, <laughs> you know, find another plan and use them, you know. Here, here's what I want you to say with that, those thoughts in mind. You have been customized your crea- by your creator. You, you have been created and crafted in order to be a catalyst for world change. You have been customized, created, and crafted in order to be a catalyst for world change. We as a church can exist, but not accomplish things that we have been created for. You are not irrelevant, but you are uniquely relevant. You are not an asset, but to God's church, you are a necessity. And you are not deficient. You are built by perfect design. (laughs) Excuse me. I don't know who needs to hear that today, but I always think to myself, I've been called to Menards in Sioux City. Great. You know, God used someone else. <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. That's, that's about 300 employees at the Menards in Sioux City. Not know if I can do this. Uh, man. And then you have to think to yourself, I am uniquely designed. I'm crafted and, and perfect by my perfect creator. And he has built me and put me together for such a time as this. The Bible puts it this way. You are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. And if we are going to make a difference in our, in our light, in our world, you have to leave the church. You have to leave. Now, I'm not saying that we should abandon church. Let me clarify. We should not abandon church. I'm saying that our influence should leave our church. Our influence, our reach should leave our church. We have church in buildings, but we are called to be the church out of this building. Have you ever thought about that? I, thought, I think that's a very interesting statement. Very interesting. We have church in buildings, but we are called to be God's church out of buildings. We are called to be God's church out of this place. In church, we sing of God's love, but in the world, we can display it. I hope, I hope you're listening. I need somebody to... <laughs> okay, thank you, Miss Barb. I hope you're listening. In, in, in God's house, we can sing of God's greatness, but in the world, we can demonstrate His greatness. In the church, we get to verbally proclaim the gospel, and in the world, we get to visibly demonstrate it. This gospel of a loving, um, immutable, unchangeable, omnipotent, and all-powerful God that we get to share with people. And I think it's time that we understand that this world is not our home, but this world is our calling. Our greatness is not displayed in our worship service. It's, it, it, I'm, I'm, it's a, maybe it's a weird way to put it. But how great is Elk Point Baptist Church? 
Our greatness is not displayed in our worship service. Our greatness is not displayed on 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning. It is displayed when we leave this place and we help our community and we help those around us and we encourage those around us. And most of all, we bring them and point them to a loving God and Savior that we have. That's where our greatness is held. It is not in our renovations to our building. It is not, we, we, we need to be careful not to flex how good we are and, and we got this and we got that and look how cool this is. And I love it. But a building is a building. But me, as we, as the church, we ought to leave this place and spread and, and, and change the world outside of this place. In order to be the church, you have to leave the church. Finally, we're at Acts chapter 3. How do you like that for an introduction? <laughs> Acts chapter 3, verse 1. I'm trying, I'm trying to be fast, and I've already summarized some things I've already said. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. I want everybody to look in your Bibles if you have one. Look on the TV screen. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple. So, church, into the temple. At the hour of prayer... Being, it was the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate <coughs> of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms, and alms is money, to ask money, alms, of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked alms. He asked some money. And Peter Fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. And I want you to stop there. I want to read that again. I really want you to understand what's happening. So there's a man with his legs don't work. And he's sitting at the stairs or the gate of the church. In, in our Bible, it's called the temple. He's sitting at the temple at the stairs. He's asking people for money. Okay? I want you to, verse 4 is going to be one of my points that I'm going to try and hammer home. Verse 4, and Peter, these three words, fastening his eyes, fastening his eyes upon him, upon that lame man with John, said, look at us. If we are going to be the kind of people that leave the building and make a difference in this world, you're going to have to start looking. You're going to have to look. Open your eyes. Now, this is a funny statement, but there is no shortage of hurting people. There is no shortage of people that need help. There is no shortage of people that are in addiction. There is no shortage of people that are going through hard times, whether that be whatever it is that uh, their divorce, their uh, parents are dying. There is no shortage of people going through hard times. And if we are going to be the church this week, I always challenge this week, I'm going to be the church. You're going to have to look. You're going to have to open your eyes and move your eyes. To be the church outside of the building, you have to open your eyes and look. You have to. And, and, and that's not even point number one, but it's, it is in my heart that's number one. My job this week, I'm going to, open my, I'm going to start opening my eyes and look at the people and the things around me, the people that need help. You have to go into life saying, I've got plans for today. I can't wait for God to change my plans. 
and bring somebody along that I can tell them about him. I, am his, I have his spirit, I am his church, and I am in this office, this gym, this, I am in this place in order to tell somebody, I hope somebody comes along and give me an opportunity to, say his, uh, to speak of my Savior and his good name. How many people, can you go back to uh, uh, Acts 3, 4? How many people walked by this man and didn't look at him? Because, so I, I don't want to uh, read in between the lines too hard, but Peter had to say, look at, look at us, look at me. So I wonder, I wonder if this man begging for money at the stairs of the church was so ashamed of his circumstances. He was so ashamed that he could not, he was not capable of working from the time he was born. That he was actually not looking at people at all because of the hurt that, excuse me, that people wouldn't look at him. Um, excuse me, uh, excuse me, the hurt that people wouldn't look at him. He had to say, verse 4, he had to say, Peter had to say, look at me. Look at me. I, I wonder if he was so ashamed that he was just looking down. We have to be, we have to be looking. We have to be looking. John chapter 4, verse 35. <clears throat> John 4, 35. Yep, that's right. I was like, I'm not seeing where that is. All right. I have it shortened in, in my notes. That's why. So Jesus is giving, is giving a parable. He's giving a story about farming, which is something that we know. You know we know farming. <laughs> something that we know. So Jesus is giving a parable, and he's saying, uh, so I don't want you to say, you know, when is the time for harvest? When do we go? So... The, the parable is a, farming, a farmer going to harvest and then people going to witness or people going to harvest the crop of salvation or people going to say to other people about Jesus, okay? So he says, I don't want you to say, say not ye that there's, well, there, maybe there's four months, maybe there's six, and then, but when's the time of the harvest? When is it time to go reach people? When is it time to, Jesus says, I say to you, lift up your eyes. That's why I wanted to include this verse. Jesus says to his church, lift up your eyes and look. You need to look. Look at the fields. Look at the people. They are ready to harvest. They're already ready. You haven't been looking. You need to look. You know, I, I understand. I understand. It's just sometimes we can be very comfortable in our, in our lane, <laughs> in our lane, in our space. There is no, I'm going to say it again, I'm sorry. There's no shortage of hurting people around us. They're everywhere. In every, in every place where we go, in every in every, uh, where we go to work, and if you say, I'm, I'm a stay-at-home mom, I'm, a, I'm, I'm retired, okay, 
There's no shortage of hurting people in your family. There's no shortage of hurting people from your neighbor next door. There's just no shortage of hurting people. And if we are going to be the church and leave the church, we need to look. Not only do, do we have a great commission, but we have a great commandment. And that is to love our neighbor as ourselves. I thought that's a great point. Not only do we have a great commission, we have a great commandment. The Great Commission was Matthew 28, go and teach all nations and baptize them. Not only do we have a great commission, we have a great commandment to reach others, to love others the way that it's so easily we love ourselves. That's our great commandment. I will continue. Verse number five. So read in your Bibles, look on the TV screen. Acts 3, verse 5. Peter said, look at us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. So he quickly, he got excited, uh, expecting to receive something, <coughs> something of them. Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You know, Peter was taking an inventory of, of what he had. You know, when we, uh, so, so all right, number one, we need to leave the church and we need to look. We, I want you to remember, I'm going to take an inventory of what I have. And I'm not always talking about possessions, and I'm definitely not talking about money. I'm going to take inventory of what I have, my time, my resources. I have compassion. I have stories. I've been through hurt. I've been through that. I've been in that situation, and I can help someone through that hurt. And I'm looking for someone to give my life to. I'm looking for someone to share with. I'm looking. In order to be the church outside of the building, and here's, here's my points. I, I believe I have five of them. In order to be the church outside of the building, we should share our life. We should share your life. You, might, you could say testimony. You should share. Because Peter, Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have, I'm going to offer to you. You know, uh, now this is, this is something kind of funny that I thought about. I'm not totally convinced that Peter and John had no money. <laughs> I'm not 100% convinced on that. Am I calling them liars? No. Uh, I'm saying they had access to money. That's maybe what I'm saying. I'm not really convinced that they said silver and gold have I none. I'm, I'm not 100% convinced on that. Because something that you should know in, in the book of Acts, that Peter and John, they, they preached a sermon. And the Bible literally says 3,000 people come to know Christ as their Savior. 3,000 people accepted Christ as their Savior. And I wondered when Peter said, I don't have silver and gold, I'm wondering if he could have just been like, hey, uh, hey, Natalie, I know you just got saved in this church service with all the 3,000 people, you know. Uh, I'm Peter. Uh, can I borrow like five bucks? I got this homeless guy over here. He's not able to work. You know? You, you know? So besides, Peter didn't offer him money. He offered him, look, this is what I have. Jesus Christ. Here, I'm not going to offer you money, which is what you asked for. 
I wonder if that man's heart sunk when Peter said, silver and gold have I none. <sighs> Great. You got me all excited. You said, look at me. You're a rich man. You know, you got me all excited. I was ready to receive something. And the first thing you said was, silver and gold have I none. Great. But Peter said, but what I do have, I'm going to give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, of Nazareth, rise up and walk. In their business and in their busyness, they stopped and they took the time to talk to this man. Can you go back Acts 3, verse 1? You can, you can read in your Bible Acts 3, verse 1. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the church uh, at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. It's, it's, it's prayer meeting. It's prayer time. It's time to pray. So then you skip, skip, skip. This homeless this man says, can I have some money? Uh, and he chose to stop. Now, let's remember again. Let's remember again. Peter and John preached a sermon. 3,000 people got saved. 3,000 people came to know Christ as their Savior. Pastor Jesse is a busy man. And you wonder, how busy would he be if he had 3,000 people for a church? <laughs> and he's pretty busy with about 150. <laughs> you know? Peter. He, he could have a lot of things. Could have walked right past. He could have, he could have ignored him. He could have went and got some money. He said, silver and gold, I, I, I don't have any silver and gold. He could have got some. He could have asked Sister Natalie, who just got saved, like, hey, can I borrow five bucks? I'll give you five bucks right back. I don't have any on me. Uh, there's a homeless man over here. I want to give him some money. He could have a lot of things. But instead, he said, I'm going to give you the one gift of eternal life. I'm going to offer you the gift of eternal life, and, and, and I will offer you this. God's interruptions are my opportunities. God's interruptions to my work day, to my life, are my opportunities to share him with someone else. How about this? God's inconveniences are my opportunity. I couldn't decide what one I wanted to say, so I, I landed on both. God's inconveniences are my opportunities. What an inconvenience. Just started a church of 3,000 people, and now, verse 1, I'm running late to prayer meeting. <laughs> I'm running late to prayer meeting. It's about the ninth hour. The church was having a prayer meeting, and the guy that spread the gospel and people got saved, I'm running late. This homeless guy, this, this man, is an inconvenience. But he grabbed it and took it as an opportunity to share Christ with someone else. In order to be the church outside of the building, you need to share your faith. That's the second one. First of all, uh, you need to share your life. Second, I want you to share your faith. Verse 6, Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but what I have, what, what such I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise, rise up and walk. They didn't just help this man to walk, but they helped to, and, and they shared their faith. When they said, in the name of Jesus Christ, there it is, there's the second point, in the name of Jesus Christ, everyone around knew <clears throat> that's where their faith lies and that's what their faith is in. You know, sharing your faith to us is intimidating. 
and it sounds scary, but let me tell you, everywhere you go and in everything you do, you share your faith. How about, can I give you an example? This is, this is going to be crazy. When you are polite to someone <clears throat> who's impolite to you, did you know you're sharing your faith? When you, uh, so it doesn't have to be, my name is Ryan. I was born in 1993. I got saved at this time. How you get saved is this. When it says share your faith, I want you to think a little bit differently. I want you to think, when I leave this place, I am going to look at who is hurting, and I'm going to share that, that Jesus Christ loves them. I'm going to share with them my faith. I'm going to share with them that I see you're in a lot of trouble. I see that you're in a lot of hurt. I see that your legs don't work for this man in our story. I, look, I, I empathize with you. That's another thing that we can do. Uh, we should drink tall glasses of empathy and reach people. I'm there with you, but here, let me tell you something. I have a Savior, Jesus Christ, who did a work in my heart, so now we're at Share Your Life. Jesus Christ did a work in my heart. I had an addiction with this. I had a problem with that. My growing up life was very difficult. My dad abused my mother, my this and my that. But let me tell you, I think if Jesus can save me and use me, let me tell you, I think he can use you and love you. <clears throat> I'm going to share my life. And this, this list isn't supposed to be in any kind of order, but I, just, I guess I just made it into an order. We could share our life, and in our life is our faith. So again, I, I don't want you to think this is intimidating to share my faith. Everywhere you go and in everything you do, you are sharing your faith. You know, when I clock in on time at Menards, I am sharing my faith. What? You're just being punctual. I'm just saying that my boss isn't the owner of the company. My boss is Jesus Christ. What I'm saying is, in, in, in every restaurant, they got my order wrong. I'm going to show this waitress or this waiter love and kindness. And I'm going to share my faith with them. I don't need to verbally say, ah, this is my testimony. This is how I grew up. This is my... I'm going to share my faith with someone. And, 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 and that, is, that is a great way of putting it. In order to get, be the church outside of the building, we need to share our faith. Jesus did a miracle in my life, and I know he can in yours. They could have walked. They could have done anything else. But we don't want to just help people for a day. We want to help them for an eternity. When it comes to VBS, I don't want to help a child for a day or two or three or four. I want to, you know why? I want to help them for an eternity. That's why. So, I wonder, can, can we be, be a little bit active in church? Does anybody have a testimony today of someone that shared their faith with you and it changed your eternity? Okay, nobody did anything. Okay, I'm not going to ask you. I'm not going to ask you to, all right, everybody stop the sermon, share your testimony. It's not what I'm doing. From a raise of hand. Is this, this should be everybody. From a raise of hand. Does anybody have a testimony today? Your faith. That someone shared their faith with you. And it changed your eternity. 
<laughs> excuse me, excuse me, it was my mother. It was 1997, and we were sitting around the kitchen table having miniature corn dogs. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Mini corn dogs, the, the manna, the, the Lord's food. <laughs> I don't know. And that's when I came to accept Jesus as my Savior. It's in Sioux Falls on a street called Conklin. Yeah. Somebody shared their faith with me. For me, it was my mother. Pastor Jesse shared his faith with you. And some of you are here today because Pastor Jesse shared his faith with you. And now you know Jesus as your Savior. And Pastor Jesse didn't have to, now here's my upbringing and here's what I, and let me give, you know, let me take about 30 minutes to share my faith. He shared his faith with us when he called us, when he texted us, when he rang our door, when he said, uh, well, you, I will meet with you at the church and we'll have a Bible study together. He shared his faith. And now we have, I mean, we have the church that we have. That's why God allows us to be the church not just go to church, but be the church. Sharing your faith sounds good, but it is really scary when we get out. But I want you to continue to, to ask people to pray with them and pray for them. It will change your, it, it will kind of rock the way you talk to people. If people come to you and say, I, I see your faith, Jen. I see your faith, Lucas. I see your faith, Don. And and." I, I got to tell you something, I'm having a hard time, I'm, something's going on, and then you answer and say, can I pray with you? It'll change, it will change so much. It will change so much. It's not just this empty promise of, I'll pray for you sometime. I'll pray for you right now. I had a lady come to me at Menards <clears throat> saying she got diagnosed with breast cancer, it was about a year ago, and I almost didn't know what to say. One of my thoughts was, what am I going to do about that? Oh, man. She's just a really sweet lady. And I kind of thought to myself, well, I don't know what else to do. Can we pray? Can I, I was kind of at a loss for words. She said, Ryan, got diagnosed with breast cancer this week. And I'm like, yikes. I, I, what am I going to say to that? Can, you pray, can I pray with you right now? in aisle 127, where the nails are at Menards. <laughs> Share, uh, here's the next one. Share your story. To be the church outside of the church, I'm going to share my faith, my life, my faith, and my story. I want to share my story. Revelation 12, 11, the Bible says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their, word, their lives unto death. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Share your story. Let me tell you, let me tell you, I'm nowhere close to perfect, but this is what is going on in my life. This is something that has happened. This is something in my upbringing. And look, I know that Jesus has been working on me, and I promise you he'll work on you too. Share your story. Jesus did a work in me. He will do this for you too. I mean, I think that is the, the most simple way of putting it, and I'll move on to the last point. Share your church. 
In order to be the church outside of the building, so I have four points, not five. In order to be the church outside of the building, share your life, share your story, share your faith, and share your church. Acts 3, verse 8. So you're still in the book of Acts in your Bible. Look down at your Bible. Look on the TV screen. Acts 3, verse 8. Now I'll go to verse 7. Verse 7, because I didn't read verse 7. Peter said, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Verse 7. And he took them by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. I love, I love this because it's just a party. And he, leaping, stood up and walked and entered with them into the temple. Now, don't, don't miss that. He, leaping, he stood up and he walked and he entered with them into church, into the temple. Walking and leaping and praising God. Verse 9, we're going to continue. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was, that, it was him that which sat at alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. They knew who he was. And they were filled with wonder and at amazement at that which happened. What happened? And the lame man, this is another point that I want you to get. This is, I really, because I read this over about five times until I got it. Verse 11, and as the lame man, which was healed, held to Peter and John. So they walked into church together. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. He stood on his legs that never walked in his lifetime. He leaping, walking, leaping, and praising God. I would have loved to have been there. Just this guy going nuts. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Jesus saved hugs and, and kisses, and this guy was crying if it was me. You know, just going nuts. Verse 11. The lame man, which was healed, was at church, holding on to Peter and John. And all the people ran together unto them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. Verse 12. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, and I, and, and I want you to stop there. When Peter saw it, he answered to the people. Peter started preaching. Peter, Peter started a sermon right here. What if we started inviting people to church, and it wasn't just a card. It wasn't just a, well, here's the address, and it wasn't a share on Facebook, although that is super helpful. What if we show up for people and say, you can take us by the arm and we will walk you to church. We will guide you to church. How about, how about this? I'll meet you at the front door. If you can't make it to the front door, I'll pick you up. If I can't pick you up, I'll find somebody who lives in Sioux City, who lives in Sergeant Bluff. I'll find somebody who lives in Jefferson. I'll find somebody who lives in Elk Point. I'll find somebody who lives in Nebraska. I'll find somebody who lives near you. I'll, I'll, get, I'll call them, I'll text them, and say, I got a friend. I want you to pick them up and take them to church. This church, if we're going to share our church, let's be a little bit more intentional than maybe what we've been doing. Let's be a little bit more on purpose than what we've been doing. 
Because uh, these things are great things. Invitations, cards, shares on Facebook, Instagram. Wonderful things. They are, oh, they're great things. But, but I was challenged this week to take those things a step further. I was challenged this week that I invited John at, at, at Menards to, to church six months ago. But maybe I'm going to come back and invite him again. You know, I was, I was just challenged this week uh, while putting the sermon together to not just check my box of, well, I invited them once. Because I've done that. I invited them once. I mean, they, didn't, they got the invitation the first time. Where's it at now? <laughs> I've done that. I've had those thoughts. Let's be a little bit more intentional with the way we invite people. And in this verse, when he said, he, he, uh, when the, excuse me, when the lame man took John and Peter uh, and holding on to them, that just was a thing to me that when we get to church, I'll meet you at the front door. I will walk you in. I'll give you a visitor's packet, whether you want it or not. I will show you a seat where is available. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab my wife and say, babe, this, this is my friend. This is Andrew. I work at Menards with him. And then I'm going to grab my other friend, Jen. This is Andrew. I work at Menards with him. And Jen will say, welcome to church, my friend. And, and then I'm going and to, and, and I'm standing next to Andrew and say, Abby, would you sit in it with me? I'm going to invite them to church, but I'm going to sit with them. I'm going to invite them to my family and say, this is my friend. This is my family. This Everybody, you know, talk to Christian about basketball. Talk to, talk to Danny about video games. Talk, you know, and, and, you know, and these are my friends. These are my people, my homies. Okay, and, and these are my guys. And then, and then so, now, so this is my wife, and we're going to sit here. And I'm going to tell them, you know, it's kind of weird. Weird stuff happens in church, but, but hold on to me. And I'll guide you through this process. Right now, we're going to stand and we're going to sing a song. Uh, there is a fountain filled with blood. It sounds kind of cool. Uh, wait, 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 wait. I'm giving an example. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Follow me. Follow me in my, in my thought. I've got the listeners. Uh, Richard's listening and <laughs> you're listening. Yes. Yes. Okay. So follow me. Follow me with a thought. Okay. I'm sitting with a visitor. In my, in my seat, I've got my family next to this visitor, which is Abby, okay? Now we're going to sing, and we're going to sing a song called There is a Fountain Filled with Blood. That's pretty grotesque. That's, uh, what does that mean? Well, let me guide you through this. Let me tell you, hey, can I just whisper for you for a moment, for a second, what this song means? There is a fountain filled with blood. And now we're going to sit. Now there's some announcements. We're going to invite people to VBS, little children, because we think it's valuable for children to come to Christ. And we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. We're going to stand again, and, and meet. sometimes when I'm the song leader, I'm going to choke myself through because he lives. <laughs> and you might be able to say, Ryan is having a hard time, <laughs> excuse me, Ryan's having a hard time singing this song because God did something in his heart. God did something in his life. <laughs> and you got to excuse him sometimes. Sometimes tears just roll down the face. Because he's, he is thinking of, 
of where he was and thinking of where he is today. Let me guide you through this. Now, pastor is going to preach, and he's going to say things about salvation, say things about eternal life, some things that you might have heard already. You don't understand that it's not by works, it's not by things that we have done. Let me guide you through this. So I'm making a point. Can we go back to, it was verse, uh, was it verse 11 where he was holding on? Uh, Yeah, I'm making a point out of that. He was holding on to Peter and John, and, and Peter and John said, let me share my church with you. Let me share my family and my friends with you. This is my last point. I'm I'm heading to my conclusion. I don't have a Bible. Let me get you one. Is there there a junior church where I can, you know, where's the restrooms? What happens during this? And is there a room where I can take my newborn baby to nurse it? Yes, there is. let me, hold you, let me hold you through this. Let me guide you through this. Invitations to church are an invitation to the presence of God. Invitations to church are invitations to the presence of God. Something that these people have never seen, have never felt. They have no idea what that means. We know God's presence is everywhere. But, and at all times, but there's a few places in the Bible where it says where it's, his presence is just a little bit more unique, where his presence is just a little bit more felt. Here's some examples. When two or three get together in my name, my presence is there. And they praise me and they worship me. Oh, my presence is there. And secondly, that when, uh, excuse me, the Bible says when you get together and you praise My presence inhabits that place. What do we do every time we come together? Two or three of us, and today maybe it's a hundred. We get together, we praise his name, we we come together and we worship. And this is an invitation. We, We are inviting people to church. We are inviting people to God's presence. Wow, you know. Share your church with people. A lot of you, so many of you, personally, personally, have an excellent testimony about this church. So many of you, you've been here longer than I have. So many of you said, I was this way, and I started coming to Elk Point Baptist Church, and now I'm this way. It's so much greater. I was broken and hurt before. But now I've learned some new things that that Jesus doesn't care as much as the rules as I thought he did. But he loves me no matter what. Can I share my church with you? I look at all of you as my family. I love you guys. I would love to, to, I want to grab some people from Menards. I want to grab some family members and say, you guys, this is so exciting because, because I want you to meet my family. And, and, and we work together and we have a relationship or uh, this is my grandma, this is, this is my uncle, this is my cousin, but this is my family. And I want you to, I, I, I get excited over that because you're my family and I love you. You're my church and you're God's church. Jesus wasn't building a Christian country club. He was building one of the greatest evangelistic tools on the planet. 
And he allows us to join him. He allows us to join in. Andrew got into the presence of Jesus. He went and found his brother Peter, and he didn't know if Peter would even believe, but he had no idea from one invitation. Here, this is my conclusion. From one invitation, at, uh, Andrew said, Peter, why don't you come to church with me? Skip, 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 skip. Peter became this pastor of 3,000 people when he preached Christ crucified, and he preached Christ rose again. Peter was in that moment when 3,000 people got saved and received the Holy Ghost. Crazy. One invitation. One invite. Jesus went to Levi. He said, Levi, do you want to follow me? Do you want to come with me? Or Jesus didn't say this. you want to come with me to church, Levi? Levi starts following Jesus. He starts coming up next to him. Levi starts writing down the things he's seen and the things he's heard. From one invitation, Levi would never know that billions of people have read what he wrote. And his book, Levi's book, is called The Gospel According to Matthew. His name was Levi. And so much change happened that we don't even use that name anymore. His name is Matthew. He wrote the gospel. One invitation. Jesus said, why don't you follow me? It was Levi's choice. And he chose to. Finally, in conclusion, the church has left the building. The church has left the building. I've given you uh, uh, four things to, to share this week with somebody. And in order to share those things, we have to look. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. The fields are already ready to harvest. The people are already stirred. We have to leave. And you're like, yeah, Ryan, I'm hungry. And I'll say, me too. We have to leave. We have to leave in order to reach our community, in order to reach those around us. Okay? It is a call to action. It is a summons to embrace our mission, which is the Great Commission, an invitation to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. As we step out into the world with love and with compassion and with a burning desire to make a difference, we will witness lives being transformed, communities being restored, and a world impacted by the power of the gospel. And in doing that, by the way, I'll add this, we will find great purpose in life. May we as a church rise up and fulfill our calling, what we have been supposed to do this whole time, where we are called to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And as we say amen shortly, let us leave this building and carry our message of hope and redemption to every corner of the earth and in every restaurant that we attend. <laughs> Would you stand with me, please? There has been a call to leave the building. It's not a call to leave church, but it's a call to influence out of the building. This is a time, this is a time called invitation. This is a time in church that we take where we close our eyes, we bow our heads, 
and we answer what God has been speaking to us with in our hearts. So if anybody didn't know what we're, what are we doing right now? <laughs> Let me answer that. So at this time, I want to invite you, the invitation is to speak to God at this time. Would you, would you call on Him and pray to Him? Maybe do you want to tell God, God, I want an, I want an opportunity. I want, <laughs> excuse me, I want my life to be changed this week. I want an opportunity to share your word. I want an opportunity to share my faith. I don't know where it's going to come from. I don't know who's going to be there. God, interrupt my plans. I'm going to be the church this week. In everywhere I go and in everything I do. So God, help us with this commission. Help us with the great commission to go, but help us with our commandment to love. And God, uh, be with Elk Point Baptist Church. Thank you for the worship service and, and the things that were learned this morning. But help us not to stay. Help us to leave. Help us to reach our communities, reach our friends and our family uh, with you. And Lord, it, it is scary or daunting to share our faith to share our life, to share our story. What are people going to think if they find out that I'm not perfect? God, would you give us the courage? Lord, I feel like that's what it really needs. Uh, God, I need some courage this week in order to take the opportunity and the interruption in my life to share your love and your word to people. Thank you for my family here. Thank you for my friends Thank you for the visitors. Thank you for the people that I don't know, the people that I don't recognize. May you bless them this week. And God, uh, again, I'm just charged up. I'm just ready to leave this church and to reach some people with you. And Lord, through your Holy Spirit, it's not because of the things that Ryan said. It's through your Holy Spirit that I want to ask that your church do that this week. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen. I've got two things to share with you. Uh, the first is we are be taking uh, tables.